Hello, and welcome to Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone, our weekly podcast about all things food, kitchen, professional cooking, chef-related. I'm Lorraine Moss. And this is Louis Victor. All right, so our last episode, it actually went long on movies, longer than we thought it would. So we're still talking about from kitchen to big screen, and basically, you know, what chef movies are great, what food movies are great, what aren't so great. And we were getting to the part where we were talking about chefs as consultants on movies. And what's interesting about that, well, there were many things, but it seems as if the movies that we tend to like the best have the best chefs working on them, (laughs) which totally makes sense. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. If they can afford them and the chef has the time, then clearly that's um, the most ideal option if you're going to do a food movie. I mean, especially if it's literally a movie about working in a professional kitchen. I mean, you would think that they would get somebody that actually knew what they were talking about. Um, And one of our favorite movies of all time that has to do with cooking and being a chef is Ratatouille. And we talked a little bit about why it was so great, but the main reason why it's so great is because it's extremely realistic. Um, There are whole special features on the DVD, um, if you get it, of Ratatouille, like- uh, What's a DVD? Right? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Because I'm trying to think, I don't think Netflix would have the special features. Like, maybe on YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So I have the DVD. Um, the Blu-ray, right? <laughs> which I don't buy anymore either. But um, it's nice for things like this. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like a big movie nerd or like, you know, you just really like the details of things. Um, that's where it is good to have the DVD. Exactly. Because you got all those special features. But I super nerded out, fangirled on all the special features for Ratatouille. And it was super interesting to me that, well, they get a three Michelin star chef, Thomas Keller, to <laughs> work on a cartoon about being a cook. Right. Um, which clearly is a very, very smart move. Um, Wait a second. For those of you who don't know, um, who is Thomas Keller? So he's obviously famous for the French Laundry. Mm-hmm. Um, Napa Valley, uh, three Michelin star restaurant. Uh, it goes as low as two Michelin stars. Ooh. <laughs> like it's three Michelin star this year. Um, it's, I can only describe it. I've been there once for my birthday a couple of years ago. I can only describe it as a culinary dance, like a ballet. It's not something that you can do every week for many reasons. <laughs> Number one, it's really expensive. Mm-hmm. You get what you pay for. Um, it's really hard to get a reservation. Still? To this yeah, day. It's really hard to get a yeah. reservation. That's the kind of staying power. Thomas Keller. Yeah, I can tell you a little story on that. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, well, I mean, it's like 26 courses. (laughs) So another reason why, like, you would die if you ate like that every week of your life. Yeah, nobody eats more than 26 courses. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, I think we had 30 courses when we were there because I had a special menu. Right. Um, so like the funny, cute story about that before we get into the other stuff is my husband, who's completely ridiculously adorable sometimes. Um, that's marriage for you. Especially this time. Um, wanted to dream up this like, you know, amazing birthday surprise to bring me to French laundry. 
which, you know, it's many cook, foodie, I hate the word foodie, but it's people like who like foods, dream restaurant. Disneyland for, for chefs. Right. It's, it's insane. Uh-huh. Um, every course is like crazy. Um, so he was like, oh, I'm going to do it three months in advance, four months in advance, whatever it was. You know, my birthday's in March. He was doing it the year before. Mm-hmm. And there were like full websites about how to get a reservation. There. Right. Several Tips. websites. Yeah. So he was like, he calls down, you know, he's just like, how long is it going to take? And like, it's possible, but you know, we're releasing this amount of reservations, blah, blah. And he wanted it to be like a specific time period that, you know, frankly, he's on the radio. He's, he's a professional, um, uh, sports betting on-air personality um, at the time he was working for ESPN radio and so he's got a schedule that's kind of crazy and mm-hmm. then I'm in the kitchen right professional cook at the time like, like or I think maybe I was a chef yeah crazy point, maybe I was a chef crazy super crazy schedule, schedule. so it's hard to find those times you know that work so it wasn't just about getting the reservation it was getting it for the time that you want it mm-hmm. right so um, he tried everything in the beginning and then was like you know what I remember Lorraine telling me that her ex-executive chef worked for Thomas Keller. Mm-hmm. So True story. <laughs> so he gets a hold of, um, well, our old executive chef at Bizarre Meat, uh, David Thomas. And David Thomas used to work for Thomas Keller. And it's just obviously ridiculously amazing that that's the case (laughs) and suddenly all doors are open it's the perks of knowing somebody like chefs take care of other chefs that's a great topic for later on like because like that's a whole nother thing like this whole chef and chef thing where it's like oh can you take care of me and what does that mean and like how much do you get and it's that's a whole nother thing Mm -hmm. it's it's actually kind of funny um that should definitely be a podcast we got to write that one down chefs taking care of chefs yeah (laughs) but anyways so in his uh desire to take care of another chef someone that um one of his employees and also just being like an all-around great person Mm -hmm. (laughs) mitch finds out a way to get a hold of him I think he was like looking through my email or something to find his like right? email address. I can't remember what that was. Maybe he looked from my phone. I don't. I don't know. Maybe he texted him. I, I don't remember that part of it. But he got a hold of David. Uh huh. And David was like, "No problem. What day do you want? What's right?" Time? It, yeah, <laughs> I know it after happens. Months of trying to do stuff, and it's just like, "Oh yeah, what time? What date?" Which is absolutely amazing because he's amazing. Um, and he gets a hold of him, and he's you know gets the date and time that he wants. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally like. 6.30 or 7 o'clock, like, on a Friday or Saturday night, which is just, like, prime unheard of. dinner time yeah. for any restaurant. You should book that, like, a year in Let advance. Let alone Michelin star, right. three Michelin star, like, Thomas Keller restaurant. So, anyways, he gets this reservation. There's the guise of, like, us going to the Bay Area to visit my family, which is close to Napa, San Francisco area, uh-huh. the Bay Area. And, you know, lo and behold, it's dinner at the French Laundry for my birthday. Yay! So we get there and <laughs> super duper hilarious. Like it's smaller than I thought it was going to be. It's mm-hmm. like this little house of a restaurant. Okay. Smaller. How many seats? 80, 60, something in that range. Like it's small. It's, it's really small. How many, yeah, like how many that many reservations do I think. Do? I, I should probably know this information. We could probably look that up. Uh-huh. But, um, I mean, I'm sure we could look it up, but it's small and there are a few reservations. Um, and I get in and I'm just like, 
five minutes into being there, I look across the room and Thomas Keller's like looking at the dining room. Right. He, the man himself. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, at the helm of his own kitchen. What? Like, cause it's, you know, that's a whole nother story, right. but you know, it's just, uh, it doesn't always happen that way. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> no, Louie and I have worked in, in many restaurants with many, uh, uh chefs, celebrity chefs, celebrities, and they travel a lot. Yeah. And, and they have a ton of restaurants, a lot of them too. Yeah. So how could they all be in like, you know, this one place? Like obviously they're in places all the time in different restaurants in different cities and different countries. Exactly. In many cases. But this is Thomas Keller, three Michelin He's star there. chef, like idol of mine since I started cooking, you know, like learning about him in culinary school, mm-hmm. like 20 feet away from me. And I super nerded out about it. Did you? I was like nervous. You know, I was like, should I ask for a picture? Should blah, I don't know. So I was, I was freaking out. So the whole meal, like, I'm talking to Mitch, like, oh, my God, Thomas Keller's here, like, blah, 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 you know. And, and he's just like, just calm down, you know, like, whatever. So, of course, the meal is amazing. Um, just probably, you know, well, I shouldn't say probably, like, one of the top three dining experiences of my life. Um, it's beautiful. It's like, as people are putting down butter, like, another person's bringing over bread, and then they're explaining to you where it comes from and each farm. Ah. And, it's just amazing. It's so beautiful. Now, I see now where you're saying that... It's a ballet. It's a ballet. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, I've never seen anything like it except at French Laundry. The food and service aspect of it is so well orchestrated that it's just like seamless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's like... The it's Swan ul- Lake. It's the ultimate restaurant experience. Yeah, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like every move is just perfect, whether it's the food or like resting, you know, the napkin on, you know, folding the napkin and it's, it's crazy. Pouring the wine. So it's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, so he shows up again and our server comes over and he goes, um, I, I understand that, you know, you're a friend of like an important friend of, of chef and, you know, he would wondered if he wanted to come into the kitchen. Whoa! <laughs> and so Mitch and I are like, <laughs> like standing up like immediately like, oh yes, of course, you know. This, the so, night just got better. Yeah. What a birthday gift. Yeah, and, and mind you, this is like one of the best meals of my life. It's like one of the hardest re- reservations to get. Um, everything tastes beautiful. Like there, at the end, there's like a plethora of different kinds of truffles from like Thai tea to like, Moroccan mint, like just crazy flavors of like truffles at the uh-huh. very end. I mean, it's just like, what else can we do to try to impress you, you know? And then this happens. And oh, and the menu is like happy birthday, Lorraine, at the top of the menu with Whoa. special courses for me. Nice. Was All it printed out or handwritten? It's it's printed out. You have this framed somewhere in the it's, house right it's now. It's right? framed right now in the dining room. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday, Lorraine, with like my personalized menu. Um, yeah, crazy. So we jump up, we like practically run to the back of the kitchen. And my husband is like, because he enjoys dining and he enjoys, you know, great food and stuff, but he's not like a food nerd like me. So he's just like chumming it up with Thomas. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, Chef Keller. Like, I'm just like a frozen, like deer in headlights, you know? And he's like asking me questions and I'm like two word answers and like, I don't really get starstruck. So it was kind of like funny, you know, like that I was this weird about it, but it was because it was Thomas Keller. And like, you know, I'm a couple years at this time into my culinary career. It was like, you know, it might as well have been, you know, Jack Nicholson, you know, to me. So he was in the process of doing the new kitchen for French Laundry. 
And so we got to see like the new kitchen, like the new prep areas. He showed me like the monitors where, um, so inside the back of French Laundry in the back of the house area where the kid, the cooks, you know, are, are cooking every day, they have a live 24 hour feed of per se. In New York. Per se mm-hmm. has a live feed of French Laundry. Wow. And so not only is that interesting, mm-hmm. but, you know, of course it lends to the question, well, why? Is it just to see other cooks? And it was so cool. So Thomas Keller. Uh-huh. What did he we're, say? We're so off topic. But he yeah. says, he says, uh, it's so that we can see people that have the same values as we do. Wow. That's profound. <laughs> Isn't it though? That is so profound. Only, only Thomas Keller would do that. You know what I mean? Only he would say that, you know, like just off the cuff, you know, like, and I just like, I'm just getting chills, you know, like, oh, right. it was so cool. And then like, I look up to the clock and by the clock, there's a sign that says sense of urgency. <laughs> which is something that like you know was pushed like in our kitchen you know when we worked at bizarre meat by jose andres um sense of urgency uh-huh and i'm sure that part of the reason why that was pushed there was because our executive chef worked for thomas keller like dude it, it but it's something that thomas keller is very famous for you like, see it's that's... a small small tiny world yeah so you know jose andres um david thomas who got this beautiful reservation for lorraine used to be our boss and now he's like the brand brand manager for bazaar yeah he would be the guy that would push that sense of urgency thing oh for sure yeah yeah even the way he carries himself in the kitchen is how people carry themselves in the kitchen at french laundry Uh so you can see you know like the the pass down of like the respect for the kitchen and the respect for the food and the respect for urgency, mm-hmm. the respect for detail. Um, but yeah, so needless to say, I met Thomas Keller, got to take pictures with him, uh, got to see behind the scenes at the French Laundry Kitchen, um, <laughs> got to see the French Laundry Garden, like just this amazing tour with like one of the most amazing chefs of all time. Okay. So so going back, that experience. <laughs> so going back to that experience, that's how big thomas keller is like that was ridiculous were there scenes in french laundry that you actually saw in ratatouille yeah yeah so yeah it's just crazy gimme gimme yeah 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 so um so what's so crazy about it is so they got very serious and and walt disney's like that like disney films are like that they're Mm -hmm. they're very you know they they hire the best of the best they do great research you know like they'll spend you know time with mice to see how mice move you know like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff that's what they do so with this movie ratatouille um they filmed french laundry and they had access to thomas keller and all the cooks of french laundry um and and what they do every single day mm-hmm. and the dance in the kitchen is, and i can't say that all kitchens are like this but there is a dance in every kitchen exactly. there's a kind of dance but their dance is like Swan Lake, as opposed to like the Nutcracker Haptic. and some of the other. Like, no, yeah, I agree because like we work in such close proximity with each other, and, and they do a great job of that in Ratatouille. Yeah, but we never ever bump each other, or like it's rare, you know, like it's stab rare. each other with a knife or and anything. When someone you know? bumps someone, it's, it's like like <gasps> drama, like right, like what did you just do? You just like I said my, behind, my, my like freaking <laughs> personal boundary <laughs> yeah. line. You know what I mean? It's like. Uh, 
Like you're not supposed to get touched unless you want to be touched. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. So, um, in Ratatouille, like you can literally like in those special nerdy features on the DVD, um, again, what is a DVD? Yeah. The (laughs) Blu-ray DVD. Um, they show video of like French laundry and then they show video of this, you know, animated kitchen in in France (laughs) and it's like the same you know and it's like they studied all their movements like whether it's the way that they move their whisk which is different than like a home cook would move their whisk. right you know what I mean it's you know it's the details are not sloppy on this one no that's why we love it crazy and that's why like an animated movie would perform so well to us as cooks because the realism is there right I mentioned in the previous episode like a dude stepped out and he was wearing the same chocks that I owned right you know and And like same leather jacket yeah it's it's attention to detail devil is always in the details it's insane yeah it's insane and like even just tools in the kitchen that you don't normally see in movies was there a microplane do you uh, remember if there was a microplane? I think there was a microplane. And I think there was a chinois. But these are things that you just don't see in movies. Right, like, I know. What is a chinois yeah, and what is a china yeah, cat? Yeah, you just see it's like saute pans. Exactly. And like whisks and, you know, whatever. A knife. Someone right. chopping really badly. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, that movie is so great because of its, you know, this, its realism. Yeah. So let's go to the title of it ratatouille let's talk about the dish that's the other thing that's super interesting about it so this has to do with thomas keller as well okay so ratatouille is like a french vegetable casserole dish almost like a casserole stewish casserole right it's got a bunch of vegetables in it eggplant tomatoes squash. squash it's got like you know and it's it's in short, it's rustic. It looks, it's rustic's a good term. It's a I rustic was, I was vegetable. Saying, it looks peasant-like. And I think it's, that's the, that's like, the point it of is it. a peasant food. Yeah. Like, in quotes, peasant mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had to think of a way to make, and that's part of the movie, too, is how to make it special. Like, the reviewer in that movie, <laughs> the scary, like, restaurant reviewer, you know, it's like, peasant dish? Like, why would they, you know? Yeah. Or, or the, sh- the other cooks were like, why would you elevate a peasant dish, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the point was, like, taking somebody back to their childhood, which I think really great cooking does as well, and that's another thing, like, Dude. theme that I love about this movie is, like, taking you home to that moment where it's like, you taste that ratatouille, it's from your childhood. Yeah, it's food evokes memory. Right. That's a... Food is memory, but, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> the super interesting part with the Thomas Keller... Um, element to this is that so he you know they played around they had a food stylist Mm -hmm. before Thomas Keller and and, and he or she was you know making rustic different versions of this rustic dish trying to make it pretty you know it's rustic it's stewy it's casserole looking Mm -hmm. and they're saying it looks good but it's not like why we're naming a movie after this you know so it's kind of like ratatouille you know like how do we make it special right it's gotta be fireworks so they just keep trying and trying and trying and you know French Laundry, Thomas Keller at French Laundry and his chefs and cooks, they come up with like, a you know, a beautiful version of it that's like sliced perfectly, you know, with like perfect cuts and and just beautiful, like shiny vegetables. And, and, and it looks great. It looks great. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, OK, this could work, you know, and they're they're taping this. They're they're shooting this. And Thomas Keller in this nerdy special feature it's like, you know what? This is pretty, but 
the way that you explained to me the movie and how special this ratatouille is, it's not just like a beautiful, wonderful tasting dish. It's like the dish. At the this, grand finale. Yeah. And it's like supposed to bring this critic all the way back to his childhood and make like an evil character a good character. You exactly. know, like that's a lot. Like for make a dish. somebody cry. Right. Basically. And bring him back yeah. to the moment when he's yeah. like eight years old. Right. You know? He's like, what if we did this? And just like, <laughs> does a Thomas Keller move. Like, just like flicks his wrist. And it just becomes this Whoosh. absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. dish that, you know, that looks exactly like Thomas's Keller, Thomas Keller's dish in the movie. It's, it's the one that they bring out to the review at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's a big reveal and it's absolutely beautiful. It's stunning. But it's interesting, like, watching him do that, you know? It's it's amazing. It's like, the artistry, you know? And yeah. one flick of the wrist, like, everything just, like, changes and becomes like better and that while disney pictures could like have respect for something like that exactly you know and like the movie makers could have respect for something like that and like have so much respect that they would go to a three michelin star chef for a cartoon about a mouse that can cook (laughs) so that's a lot about ratatouille that's a lot about ratatouille um so our guy yeah (laughs) our our man our jefe our boss um so, you know, we talked um, in our first episode about, or our first podcast, about how we met each other at Bizarre Meet at Jose Andres, or by Jose Andres, the restaurant here in Las Vegas. And um, the big cafe is mm-hmm. Jose Andres. Uh, who is Jose Andres, for those of you who don't know? So some, many, many might say he's the best Spanish chef in the world. Some might say he's the best chef in the world. Um, he, his mentor was Ferran Adria. And that might be like the only other, for me, mm-hmm. the only other Spanish chef that I could see that might be a little bigger than Jose Andres. But I don't even know if you can really say that. He might be like the biggest Spanish chef of all time. Because you he's can make like, the argument. He's rewriting like culinary, molecular gastronomy. Yeah. So yeah. he's, he's mean, a pioneer in that. Fran Adria is. He is. Yeah. Fran Adria is the father of modernist well, cuisine. Yeah. But Jose learned from Ferran Adria. He's an excellent businessman. And he's taking it to another level in the sense of business. Exactly. And like delivering unparalleled cuisine to more people. Like here in America for like people who don't really understand Spanish cooking. I think he made it more accessible. Oh, for sure. And he took Spanish cooking to a level that in America... Because Fran Adria obviously did it with El Bulli yeah. in Spain. But in America, took it to a level that made it fine dining here. Right. So, you know, we were used to, for a certain amount of years, tapas. Mm-hmm. And that was our introduction to Spanish cuisine. Um, but he took it to a whole nother level. Like, like it's modernist, but it's also, like, approachable. Right. And you know, all those things we were talking about. Also rustic, you know, like all kinds of things he did. That's what I love to, about our boss. Um, to make it special. Exactly. And different. So we know each other because of Jose Andres. Yeah. Also, he is the humanitarian of the year. And that's like a whole nother amazing yeah. thing. Yeah. He's such a, like, I, I would say philanthropist. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So for his efforts in Puerto Rico, like feeding the people after. Yeah. And every disaster for that matter. I mean, he's been all over our country. Yeah. He's been all over the world Mm -hmm. helping people 
when nobody else would help them. Exactly. And, you know, we're not going to get into a deep political discussion about that because that's not what we're here for. But he has provided a need for people in other countries and other states and in disasters that nobody else has been able to do. Exactly. That's the bottom line. Like more than like actual people that should be doing it. Exactly. We don't want to mention names, but well, yeah, yeah. it is what it is. But somebody trumps you there. (laughs) Anyway, I went there. So (laughs) you went there. He is a consultant to the Hannibal Hannibal TV TV show on NBC. Um, So that's super interesting because I mean, so for people who don't know who Hannibal is, he's a famous character in Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal's a cannibal. Hannibal's a cannibal. Mm-hmm. But he's a very sophisticated <laughs> Like well, Dean and DeLuca type. Like very. Well, he eats fava beans with Chianti. Oh, exactly. And an, yeah. uh, fava Dude. beans with a nice Chianti. He does, it. <laughs> he does cannibalism with style <laughs> and sass. Nobody can compare to that. So given that, uh, Jose Andres was tasked with trying to make human meat look desirable. <laughs> and obviously this is, you know, this is very gore. Gory. Yeah. And <laughs> but that should be easy we're work not, for the jefe. We're not in any kind of way saying that cannibalism is okay. But <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that goes without saying. That's hopefully, no. Please don't eat your fellow men. Yeah, yeah. your friends. Um, so he was tasked with trying to make cannibal like with them look sexy. like something Hannibal Lecter would do. Yeah. Like, cannibalism is sexy. And, you know, he was very successful in doing so. If you Google images, they will shock you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. It's yeah. gorgeous. It's sexy, you know? And then there's like Hannibal Lecter, like right in the middle of the dining table. Did you, you know? just say cannibalism was sexy? Well, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> you kind of our, our jefe did um, such a great job at making it look sexy. So this is a quote from uh, Jose Andres to, um, I believe it was to Hollywood Reporter. But um, it's a quote about Hannibal, the TV show. He says, even if ultimately Hannibal is cooking human flesh, a lot of people say that when they see the food sequences, they wish they were at the table. <laughs> Right. I, you know what? I did probably say cannibalism is sexy. Yeah, you might have. Well, yeah. but our, our jefe did too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, again, going back to chef as consultant. Um, like he took it to another level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I don't think any other chef would have been successful in doing this because like our boss is the master of sass. Oh, yeah, for Dude. sure. And to take a topic like that and try to make it, you know. Be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, he always says vegetables are sexy, right? Right. So. Oh, speaking of which, he came out with a new cookbook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Vegetables. Yeah. The yeah. new vegetable cookbook. I have not gotten that yet. You know, he's, vegetables are sexy. Yeah. Which is super hilarious because we met each other at Bizarre Meat, which is like yeah, the glorifying meats. That, right. <laughs> but yeah, he touches on so many different like ingredients and um, tries to like marry like different kinds of cuisines and styles. Yeah. And yeah, he's just like a genius. So I would like to quickly mention On the Way to Chef, um, which is one of our favorite movies, mm-hmm. uh, Roy Choi, Korean-American. Um, so he started with uh, food trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, he's famous in L.A. especially, but becoming more famous nationally as well. Um, we want to definitely talk about that. Um, but really quickly for me, like my other mentors besides David, um, David Thomas at 
bizarre meet when I was there. Uh, Mary Sue Milligan and Susan Fenniger. I uh, love those two. <laughs> two hot <laughs> tamales. I grew up watching the show. Yeah. So they've consulted on a few films and mm-hmm. movies. Uh, films, I should say, and TV shows. But um, for me, this is just like one of those like guilty pleasure kind of movies because it's not like the greatest movie of all time or anything, but it really made Mexican food sexy, tortilla mm-hmm. soup. I would agree. Yeah. Um, Hector Elizondo is a chef in it. And it's actually, um, <laughs> it's a remake of an Asian movie. I just like researched this. Eat, drink, man, it? woman. Oh yeah, I've seen so that. So this is the Mexican version, the Mexican-American version uh-huh. of Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, the original uh, Asian film. Um, so it's the same storyline, but with like a Latino family. Exactly. Okay. So um, they got Mary Sue Milligan and Susan Fenniger, the two hot tamales, to consult in this movie. And it is like the definition of food porn. That movie is just like so beautifully shot and just using things like, you know, that Americans, you know, have not seen a lot in, in America, American, uh, Mexican-American cooking. Um, but like nopales, cactus is like really big in Mexican culture mm-hmm. and like nopales tacos and like grilled nopales. And I love the mine grilled. Yeah. <laughs> so delicious. Yeah. Um, but in that movie, like they make like the cacti sexy. Right. <laughs> this is all about like it's sexy food make, today. Yeah, yeah. It's making uh, food look sexy. Yeah. I feel like having ca- cactus tacos now. <laughs> right. I know. Chino Poblano. Yeah, Jose Andres restaurant that does uh, Nepal's tacos. Um, so yeah, so shout out to uh, my chef mentors, Mary Sue Milligan and Susan Fenniger for like just such a beautifully like just the most beautiful Mexican table that you could see in a movie. You have to just watch that movie honestly for the food. It's so beautiful. It's in so it. colorful. It starts with it. Super it's in the middle. It's at the end. It's like just total hashtag Mexican food porn. Lovely. So on the way to Chef. So we got to end with Chef because this is also one of our, our favorite movies of all time, food movies. Uh, so Roy Choi is the chef consultant in that movie. And uh, for John Favreau, who wrote it, directed it, starred in it. Um, and John Favreau is kind of known in the the food community. Sorry, he's known in the food community as well now. But in the movie community for trying to just be realistic, like swingers, you know, like supposed to be like you know very realistic, like how men talk to each other, like mm-hmm. being in Vegas, you know. Um, and he wanted to have that feel in Chef the movie. Mm-hmm. And so he thought, let me go to someone that's like quintessential Los Angeles like very California chef. And Roy Choi is like, I would say probably one of the original like food truck, like geniuses, like Mm -hmm. someone that really took food trucks to another level. Like not, you know, it's not just like tacos, not just hot dogs. Like he's like one of those guys that like made it like really special. Kind of like Ludo Lefebvre. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. French. French They're they're, kind of like in the same... Like genre when it comes to like food trucks and like, you know, that, that LA food movement. I mean, food trucks have definitely been elevated over the years. Like even Daniel Hum has a nomad food truck at mm-hmm. this point. Like it, it, that's another topic. We should honestly have that. Exactly. A topic. A food trucks, right? Um, but, Mobile uh, kitchens. But Roy Choi. So Roy Choi told, uh, told John Favreau, sure, I'll help you on this movie. You know, I'll help you make it look realistic but you got to get it right. Like a badass. Like, you got to get it right. Otherwise, I won't help you. You're going to culinary school. (laughs) You are going to hang out in my kitchens. Mm -hmm. um, And you are going to 
be a real chef. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to think, move, and act like one. Basically. And you got to give him credit. Yeah. He did for, a great like, job. Method acting. Yeah. I mean, he took method acting to like a whole nother level. I mean, I believed that he was a chef. Mm-hmm. I believed that he had years of cooking experience. Yeah. Definitely no body double in that movie. You know No, I mean? you can see there's no cuts for the it most was, part. It it's, was him. Like, just like zoomed out wide. It was really him doing all the stuff. So this is what Favreau says in an article. Um, it is an article talking about choosing Roy Choi as his chef consultant and like trying to learn from him. And he says, quote, I went with him in his car to every one of his restaurants, like a ride along if you're doing a cop movie. <laughs> right. I, I, some, I could just training day, right? Yeah. <laughs> he explained to me everything he was doing and seeing. He would try the meat. I would try the meat. He would taste a dish. I would taste a dish. At the end of the day, I couldn't move from eating all that food. That's what we do. Oh, that's like a whole other like that's that's another episode. Yeah. Like, just like chefs can eat like all day and all night. Like like we eat like for dinners professionally and then we eat for pleasure and uh, yeah. and we have to to take care of ourselves so we're able to do this day in and day yeah. out because like just the trying of food like constantly i know i, I never eat lunch for that, dinner because i'm just trying food all the time it's like those little bites put together actually makes up one thousands meal, of calories like one meal <laughs> so yeah we have like weird eating habits yeah it's, really weird. We don't like eat like three square meals a day, like breakfast, lunch, dinner. And you know, a funny thing of. about that that I'll tell you, it's funny because like I feel like I've developed my stomach over the years, um, but I don't have like, you know, the years that like some chefs have, like, you know, 10 years, 20 years, you know, 15 years, mm-hmm. 30 years, whatever. And like uh, my mentor, Susan Feniger, like I went to Nashville with her once to like a food festival and we cooked at it together. And that woman is super tiny and thin just small cute person and she just super ate me under the table like she could just like and that sounds dirty I didn't mean it to sound dirty but no no (laughs) she could just throw down food like she was just like uh I would like to try this taco place and this taco place and we would literally have three lunches and it'd be in between like interviews and like like Uh things that she had to do would be like oh well we're gonna go to this culinary school and like you know inspire some like young cooks Mm -hmm. and then we're gonna go eat at this place for lunch and i'm like okay it's like 11 o'clock yeah and then we're gonna do this interview and then we're gonna eat at this place for lunch Mm -hmm. and then i have this other thing that i gotta do i gotta sign some books and then oh and then we're gonna eat at this place for lunch and then what are we having for dinner and drinks tonight see that's that's OG. Yeah, that <laughs> OG. Is yeah. Chefs. Like, uh, yeah, I thought I was like a badass when it came to eating food. That woman can eat anybody like under the table. It's like insane how much she can eat. But, I like, wish to see this in action. <laughs> yeah. I really Louis do. Louis wants to see this. <laughs> I, I really want to meet you, Miss Susan Fennigan. Chef? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're one of my idols. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we have these like crazy, like voracious appetites that are insane. Um, what else can we say about like chef? I mean, it's just like insane how realistic it is. Even the storyline. Yeah. Like I feel like this the screen the burnout actually and, like Yeah. That's it's it's prevalent in it, you see it happen to chefs and you know like 
because of the long hours and stuff like that they get divorced and you know like i love the fact that you know the, this character like succeeds at the co-parenting thing that kid is adorable you know yeah, he's I mean? adorable yeah but you see these things a lot in like professional kitchens it's super realistic for like the the tone the storyline the the skill obviously of john favreau um and leguizamo yeah um that cuban pork sandwich again it looks so good like that's honestly like the key also to like these chef movies yeah like hello can you make the food look delectable right like craveable mm-hmm. because like if if it's not then what's the point of it it yeah. goes back to like hannibal it's like you have to like how would this guy who's like so refined like eat another person like he's not gonna just it's not gonna be like a foot on the table Mm -hmm. like it's got to be something that looks like that's gross yeah that's super gross (laughs) that's barbaric but it's got to look a certain way and it's like obviously like genius jose andres can make like a human like body part look delectable which is disgusting but that's how talented he is and like when you think about like chefs as consultants it's just like amazing that they can bring this food to life and you can't taste it. Yeah. Like, that's the main problem. But you experience <laughs> it on the big screen. And right. It's kind of like you're, you're partaking in it. Right. Which is like, I think that Hollywood's doing such a good job in hiring A lot chefs. better. Yeah. A lot better. Because, like, some of the movies that uh, are out there, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. This is not Sabayon. This is not how it looks like. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? To make you salivate by looking at a movie mm-hmm. because of the food, like you need to get a real chef to do that. You can't just get a food stylist. Can't to do wing that. it. Can't wing it. Like no. a food stylist is there to actuate uh, the the concept, right? And also, just like a food stylist can be there if, like, you know, you have like a dinner in a movie. It's like a dinner. Okay, it's just another dinner. But to like make it look like a chef created it, mm-hmm. uh, please get a chef to create it. Yeah. So, you know, this is a concept. message to Hollywood. Like, in the future, we would love to see more chef movies that are, like, true to form. Right. Like, really crafted from within our world. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And not only is there an appetite right. for that for us as professional mm-hmm. hospitality people, but there's clearly an appetite for that in the general public because Chef the Movie... Uh, did very well huh? ratatouille yeah they did super well in the box office because i think obviously there's acting involved and plot and okay yeah awesome but all the other elements but right but you gotta get the food right yeah you, you gotta, gotta get the food right and you gotta get the world right yeah yeah the environment and the know. atmosphere the so, culture of being a cook to wrap things up we have a saying in kitchens it's like mise en place everything in its place right i think that the makings of a good movie you have to have all these ingredients right in place script you know um cinematographer like um all those details right which are like the quintessential ingredients to making a good film right let alone chef film yeah a chef film most importantly, exactly. <laughs> needs to have great mise en place. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
So thank you, Hollywood, for, you know, showing our world and representing us in a, a more accurate way and hiring these guys, these very, very talented geniuses. Uh, we love you for it. And, I mean, like Louis said, it's like this is the key to making a successful, you know, food film is to get the right people involved with it. And... I would like to say thank you so much again for tuning in to Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone. Uh, please visit us at our different websites Yay. and social media. So we are on Instagram at Two Sharp Chefs, Facebook at Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone, and you can email us at Two Sharp Chefs at gmail.com. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thank you.